Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, and welcome to the Real World Baseball Podcast on DJ Short. Today we're continuing our team check-in series, and if you haven't listened to the show in a while or you've never listened to the show before, thanks for tuning in, by the way, uh, basically what we're doing is just taking a trip around the league, all 30 teams uh, before the start of the regular season. We've already done a couple of these episodes, but today we're going to talk Oakland Athletics with Joe Stiglitz of CSN California. Now, the A's might not look like a contender, but they certainly have some interesting pieces. They also have some prospects making their way up through the minors to keep an eye on. So we're going to get into all that today. Joe, thanks for making the time to come on the show. Really appreciate it. You got it. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so after three straight trips to the postseason, two division titles, and a wild card game appearance, the A's have now had back-to-back last place finishes. I know they just had their Fan Fest event over the weekend. What's the vibe among the fan base right now? Well, you know, the fan base, I think, is not is not so much thinking about wins and losses in the standings right now. Right now, the, what's forefront everybody's mind is the stadium situation. And you mentioned Fan Fest and um, kind of a real positive vibe, I think. Um, the A's moved it off-site this year from the Coliseum to Jack London Square, which is a nice area in downtown Oakland. And um, just a lot of positive vibes about the fact that the A's are saying they're going to have a stadium, a ballpark site picked and announced some point in this calendar year, 2017. So that's something fans have been waiting a long time for. More than a decade, this has been an ongoing storyline. Um, and fans are just excited. The A's are looking to build a ballpark in Oakland. So there's a lot of optimism around that, and that's a different kind of refreshing optimism for fans. They've been in the dark on the stadium issue for so long now. There's been a lot of negativity and mystery surrounding it. Everybody's pretty excited about that. Um, as far as the standings go, you're right. They're coming off a couple of really tough back-to-back seasons. And we'll see if they can turn it around. It's going to be a tough road because I think the American League West keeps getting tougher each year. Absolutely. So you look at this team last year. They, I mean, a lot went wrong, but uh, they were severely lacking in offense, last in the American League in runs scored in OPS. Uh, they emerged as a surprise suitor for Edwin and Carnacion before he signed with the Indians, but they still made some additions around the margins. Rajay Davis, Trevor Plouffe, Matt Joyce, among others. Are you confident this offense will be better this season? I guess you can include Ryan Healy a full season out of him as part of that formula as well. Yeah, you know, they've made some additions. I think the offense is still very much a question mark. Um, I can tell you, obviously, across the board, it has to be better. Um, I'm just not sure how much better they're going to be. I mean, you mentioned the guys they brought in. Um, not, I don't think you would say any of them are really big, huge impact guys who alone 
any one of them would really change the lineup, the dynamic of the offense. Maybe together they can make a little bit, um, you know, bring a little bit of a boost. I, I think Rajay is going to be a really key guy. He's going to be batting leadoff, playing center field. Um, this is not a team on paper that looks like it's going to be hitting a lot of home runs. So you would think adding some kind of speed dynamic like Rajay could bring is going to be a really good thing. But, you know, you look at the, the stats last year, they were last in the American League in runs. They were last in on-base percentage. They didn't steal bases. They weren't great at manufacturing runs with the with the running game. So um, the improvement has to come from somewhere. You know, Chris Davis had a great year for them last year, but they're going to need guys like Joyce and Trevor Plouffe. Plouffe will be an everyday guy at third base. Joyce probably more of a platoon guy. Um, he'll face right-handers out in the outfield, maybe at DH a little bit, but they got to be a little bit better across the board. How much better offensively? I'm not sure yet. I think that's where a big question is with this team. So you mentioned Plouffe, uh, probably going to be a full-time guy at third base. Where do you see Healy getting most of his at-bats? Are we talking about mostly DH, splitting time at first base, sort of a roving role with him? I think so. I think everybody's wondering right now how he's going to get his at-bats. All I can tell you is I think the A's are planning on him being pretty much a full-time guy, and based on what he did in half a season last year, how could he not be, right? He was definitely the the bright spot of that team in the second half, along with Chris Davis. So He's got to be playing somewhere. Um, they have Yonder Alonso for first base right now. Really good glove over there. Doesn't bring a whole lot offensively. Alonso bats left-handed. Healy can be the, the right-handed half of that platoon um, playing first base when there's a lefty on the mound. And I think you'll see a lot of time at DH, too. I think the A's will rotate guys through that DH spot. But it depends probably how Alonso's swinging the bat. But I think Healy, I could definitely see Healy getting a lion's share of the time at first base if he's swinging the bat well. Because he's a pretty good defender over there, I think. He played there a lot in college in the minor league. So, you know, this team's going to need offense. They want to emphasize better infield defense. But more than anything, they would need Healy's um, pop in the lineup, whether that's at first base or DH. Yeah, you mentioned infield defense. I worry a little bit about the outfield defense, potentially. Chris Davis obviously has the massive power that we saw last year. But him, Rajay Davis, and Matt Joyce in that outfield, not necessarily ideal. Yeah, yeah, it's a question mark, and no doubt with Chris Davis, great power at the plate, obviously not the strongest throwing arm whatsoever. We saw opponents take advantage of that on the bases a little bit last year, so that's an issue. You know, they needed a center fielder. Rajay's pretty solid glove in center field. he got a guy who can, who can, you know, he's got some range out there. He can track down some fly balls. Matt Joyce, you know, they got him for his offense, probably not a great defender in right field. I think Mark Canna could be out there a little bit too, but no doubt the defense all around um, has not been up to par the past couple of years, and it's got to be better. You know, we talk about the offense, um, the offense being down last year. I think they, they tied for second most errors in the American League, I believe. So that's been an issue, an ongoing issue for a couple of years now, and kind of an underrated kind of problem area for this team. You know, we talked about the injuries last year and the lack of offense, but the poor defense has been a really big issue. So we'll see how that shakes out. Okay, so going over to the rotation, I can't talk about what what went wrong with the A's last season without mentioning Sonny Gray. Um, This is a guy who came into last season with a 2.88 career ERA, uh, but he completely fell apart last year. 5.69 ERA in 22 starts, had the injuries, the strained trapezius muscle, the right forearm strain. What's the latest on him, how he's feeling going into spring training? Well, latest is he's feeling a lot better. We just talked to him at FanFest a couple of days ago, and he uh, Sonny says he's 100%. He's thrown off the mound a couple of times, and as we're talking here, it's a couple of weeks before pitchers and catchers report. So he's right on track, it seems like. Um, and he actually mentioned it was interesting. He said his injuries last year actually started in spring training. He would huh. not get specific on what was bothering him during camp, but he said it started that early. And he kind of thinks, you know, he's, he kind of hinted that 
not feeling good physically may have messed with his mechanics a little bit. If that's true, that would definitely be an explanation of what happened last year because i got to tell you, it was a big mystery throughout the season. I think that uh, the coaching staff and everybody, what was going on with him, he just lost his command completely. He would get ahead in counts, couldn't put guys away. He was walking more guys and definitely gave up more homers. So the fact that he's feeling good physically right now is a positive for the A's. Um, and he says he worked with a personal trainer in the off season. He feels pretty good in his lower half. He thinks he's a little more compact with his delivery. So that's going to be a big storyline for this team early in the season. Is it can Sonny get back to the form, you know, that made him a Cy Young finalist in 2015? If he does look better, all of a sudden I think this rotation one through five gains more confidence. It looks a lot deeper. I think just having an effective Sonny Gray in there is kind of a big confidence boost for everybody in that clubhouse. Absolutely. So I want to ask you about a couple of those guys. First, Sean Manaya, who the A's got in the Ben Zobris deal. He was a little shaky out of the gate after coming up from the minors last year. Also had that scare with his forearm at one point, but he was much better down the stretch. I know there's an injury history here, but do you see the pieces for him to be a potential frontline starting pitcher? Maybe not an ace, but a number, solid number two or something like that. Yeah, solid number two, definitely. I think the A's are counting on that. I think what we saw from Sean over the second half last year, showed that he's got the potential to do that. Um, he's got the good fastball slider, and really it's a three-pitch mix. When he's going good, he's got that going with the fastball, the slider, and the changeup. And towards the end of the year, I think he was showing better command with all three of those pitches. So um, I think that and his delivery, the size, he's got kind of a funky delivery with the arm slot and everything. It makes him really, it makes it tough for hitters to pick up the ball. So um, I think you know this guy had a lot of hype around him coming into the spring last year. Um, came over in the Ben Zobers trade in 2015, and the A's, you know, uh, really expect a lot from him. I think he started to deliver the second half of last year. So if Sonny's back to, you know, back in form and Shamanaya continues to build on what he did last year, that's a pretty good starting base for the starting rotation. And Jarrell Cotton, a guy who came over from the Dodgers in the, in the Rich Hill-Josh Reddick deal last year, was really good. Uh, in his first taste of the majors last season, two one five ERA across five starts. I'm assuming he's going to go into spring training with a rotation spot to lose. I would pencil him in right now, definitely for one of those five spots as things stand right now. And he did look really good in September. I, I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm gonna say pump the brakes on, on all the optimism around him right now. I just, I need to see a little bit more. I want to see sure. him come out and do well in spring. And right now, you're right. I would put him in a rotation spot, but. It was a really small sample size that we saw him in the bigs last year, and um, I don't know if you can just take it for granted, pencil him in for 180 innings and, and 10 to 12 wins right now, you know, based on what we've seen so far. Um, it's been encouraging, but let's remember he's very inexperienced right now, um, and I think he's still going in fighting for a rotation spot. But based on what we saw and the poise he showed, the stuff he's got, and the fact they need a couple guys to fill out the back end of that rotation, I would expect Jarrell to be in that starting rotation. I just I look at guys like... Sonny, Manaya, Kendall Graveman, who we haven't mentioned yet. He had a nice year last year. Those are the kind of the more known quantities, I think. Jarrell Cotton's got a chance to kind of slide into that number four spot, and he's got the ability to do it. And now to the back end of the bullpen. Along with the other additions I mentioned earlier, the A's also signed Santiago Casilla, who, of course, has been around the block with the A's before under a different name and age at the time, but uh, has extensive closing experience in his career. So you look at the back end of this bullpen now, you have Casilla, Ryan Madsen, Sean Doolittle, John Axford. Is there a favorite for saves in this bullpen right now? You know, I don't know if I would say anybody's a favorite right now. It's an interesting dynamic in the back of the bullpen because they've got four or five really solid closer candidates. I think there's a lot of teams that would like to have 
those four or five guys to choose from from the closers role, but who is the guy going to be, and is there an ideal guy out of that group? I'm not really sure if there is, because for one reason or another, I think they've all got some question marks right now. So the A's have got multiple candidates to close. I'm just not sure if I can tell you who that guy is, who the best guy is for that spot right now. Um, I think Casilla is going to get a lot of consideration based on his track record as a closer. I know he had a shaky, kind of a shaky ending to last year, but yep. got a lot of saves. He's, he's done it under postseason pressure before. Um, Ryan Madsen's the incumbent. He was a closer most of last year, um, so he can get a look, too. I would say one of those two guys are probably the favorites right now. And Sean Doolittle, I think each the past two years they've wanted to go into the season with Sean being the ninth-inning guy. He's just had those shoulder problems, so you don't know if you're going to get a full season from him right now. So I would say Casilla or Madsen are probably going to go in as a guy right now. But even Bob Melvin says he's not in a rush to name a closer right now. That will come probably towards the latter half of spring training. Sure. And finally, I wanted to ask you about some of the prospects in the pipeline here. How soon are we going to see some of these guys? Franklin Barreto, Matt Chapman, guys like that? I'm pretty curious to see it myself. I think when it comes to the storylines for the A's this year, you've got the Sonny Gray storyline. Can he bounce back and you know and be the, the force they need him to be? And if, if he looks good, do the A's end up dangling him in a trade? That's a big storyline. But the other thing is these prospects. You know, They've got some highly touted guys, especially on the position player side, that are going to be a double-A, triple-A this year, how soon do we see these guys? Um, you know, a guy like Franklin Barreto, a shortstop, who I think if he comes up, he'll probably play second base eventually for the A's. you got him, you got Matt Chapman, who's a really highly touted third baseman. Both those guys, I think, should be up at some point this season because if the A's aren't going to contend for the AOS this year, and I'm not sure a lot of people are expecting them to be a contender, I think it's all about seeing these young guys, what they have, and whether or not they can be building blocks for the future, you know, and a guy like Chapman, he's, his path kind of gets blocked a little bit with Trevor Plouffe being there now. But I think if he has a strong spring again and he has a strong first couple months at AAA, I think you've got to find a place for this guy on the big league roster. So I think Matt Chapman, Franklin Bredo can be up at some points. Um, Jacob Brugman, the guy who's an outfielder for them, had a nice year at AAA last year. He's going to get a chance to fight for a spot coming out of spring training, I think, because the A's need a second guy behind Rajay who could play center field. So Jacob Brugman's a guy, maybe. And then Daniel Gossett, a right-hander, had a really good year. I think he was at double-A most of last year. Um, he's a guy, an up-and-comer. A lot of guys in the front office say a lot of good things about Daniel Gossett. So I think he's a guy in the rotation we can see. Maybe towards the second half of, of 2017, we'll see. But they got some good young pieces. It's just a matter of how soon those guys get up, whether or not they can solidify themselves at the big league level. Absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on those guys. And just to wrap things up, let the people know where they can find you on social media, Twitter, etc. J-O-E-S-T-I-G-L-I-C-H-C-S-N. That's my Twitter handle. And I also got a podcast, a weekly podcast I do during the season. Um, you can just go on iTunes and do a search for it. It's the A's Insider Podcast with Joe Stiglitz. And that's a weekly thing where I'm interviewing players, coaches, um, guys from other teams. So I started that last year, having a good time with that. And uh, you can catch all my stories at csncalifornia.com. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Joe. Hey, thank you. Good stuff there from Joe. Once again, we're going to cover all 30 teams leading into opening day, so stay tuned for that. Subscribe if you haven't already. Remember, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Audio Boom, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with this team check-in series. We're also going to have some more fantasy-centric episodes as we get into March. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Short. I'll see you next time. Look around. 
You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.